What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Process Podcast. I'm Charlie Lukowski, joined as always by my best friend and co-host Nick Veronica. And Nick, while the Buffalo Bills may be on a bye this weekend, you know what? Luckily, they can't lose this week. But while the Buffalo Bills may be on a bye this week, Nick and I took too many buys throughout the season. We are here with you, breaking down everything from the Eagles game, breaking down what has gone right, what has gone wrong this season, and just kind of continuing to figure out what the heck does this team need to do to maybe even get into the playoffs. Nick, how are you doing? Uh, You know... (laughs) The bye week, the the Bills need a week, the the fans need a week. This was this was such a disgusting loss. Like you felt gross afterward. The Bills absolutely should have won that game. And you want to like you want to feel better about it, but you're like, only Charlie, only the Bills could have could have lost a game against the NFL's best team who beats almost everyone they play but make you feel this bad about it. Like, like everyone, almost everyone loses to the Eagles. Like you could totally lose to the Eagles with, and keep your dignity and the bills find a way to make you feel this bad about it. Always, always such a drought loss, such a billsy, like billsing is a thing. Again, they're doing it. It's been happening all year. They have, they have a handful of bad losses at the end of the game. Uh, I mean, it is, it is Jalen hurts and the Eagles. I mean, it's not quite like losing to a uh, game winning drive to Mac Jones, but it was bad. Can they can they make a field goal? Can they get a stop? Can they go for it with twenty seconds? Can you know like so many things? You can they get a call? Like un- just unbelievably frustrating game. They should have put them away in the first half. If James Cook doesn't drop a touchdown and they make mm-hmm. two of their field goals, at one point the game would have been thirty to seven. That mm-hmm. should have been over. They should have been in the driver's seat. They should have been coasting to a win. Mm-hmm. Instead, they let the Eagles in the game. They left a minute, and uh, you can't do that against a Super Bowl contender like that. So just well, I mean, totally frustrating game. Look at it the other way too, right? If Jalen Hurts just makes some crazy third and 15 pass for a touchdown, right? If that if that pass falls incomplete, maybe they kick a field well, goal. Well, okay, you're saying Jalen Hurts, can the defense like defend someone they've never heard of and not just let them – I, the defense on that touchdown was poor. It was just, it was just dude, frustrating dude, dude, all dude, around. Dude, the safeties dude. are looking old. I was just gonna say, Mika Hyde looks old. Jordan Poy, that that was probably Poyer's worst game this season. This season, yeah, Charlie, as you like to say, as fellow members of the wrong side of thirty club, mm, we can we can uh, we feel for their struggle, but we aren't on TV every day. No, we are definitely boards. not. Um, you know, they're they're on the wrong side of thirty, right? It's just the way that it, the cookie crumbles right now for them. Uh, I do. Do you think? Not that I want to talk too much about next season, right? But do you think Poyer comes back next season? I mean, Hyde's contract's up, so I, I think there's a good chance he's walking, maybe even retiring with the number of injuries he's had this season alone. Mm-hmm. You know, and the serious neck injury he had last season. Maybe he just walks away and, you know, kind of says, "Look, I did what I could. I'm I'm done." Um, or do you think that uh, you know does Buffalo may bring him back on a cheap cheap contract? Yeah, that's an interesting point. I mean, something too. A lot of times you think about is when when that professional pride gets hurt, that mm-hmm. often inspires players to like put in a really strong effort in the offseason and come back a little bit faster if they've been kind of letting it go. You know, not not that these guys are letting themselves go, but they're you know sometimes you just take your foot off the gas a little bit and then you go out there and you get embarrassed and then people recommit a little bit harder so it's it's tough to say um 
you would like to think there would be a little bit of continuity there. Like they don't really have this, you know, a top draft pick at safety ready to come up. So I think there's yeah. some kind of a transition period. Um, this this does not feel like it's a Drury and Briere situation to me. This feels like we could very easily have one or both of them back and maybe a younger guy. Or, I mean, I mean, I would, I would, if I had just totally had to guess, I'm not even thinking like I would maybe think that you know, if you had a betting line of like every different possibility, I would think Poyer here, Hyde gone would maybe be like the best betting odds, but I really don't feel strongly about, I mean, if you had, if you had, which one, if I gave you even odds on all of these, both stay, only Poyer stays, only Hyde stays or both leave, which are you betting? Um, I mean, look, Hyde, Hyde can get rid of for nothing. Hyde can walk away for nothing, right? Poyer, if you get rid of Poyer, he is two million dead cap, or you're holding on to seven and a half million dollars in cap hit. Um, I think I'd walk away from both. Um, you know, you have Taylor Rapp, who I know he has not shined mm-hmm. this season, right? But he's shown flash in the past; so he can be good. Maybe give him a full year in this defense, see what he can do going into next season. But I would also be curious to see what is sitting out there in free agency. Um, you know, what's sitting out there in the draft. Maybe that's the position you address early on. Um, I mean, are, would you be up to giving a guy like DeMar Hamlin, DeMar Hamlin starting reps for an entire season? I mean, he pretty much had starting reps all of last season, but is he the answer at the, uh, at the safety position to take over for Hyde? You know, I've been a huge Demar guy since since the incident last year, and you're you're trying to make me say something not so nice about him, which is that he's probably a career backup at best. So uh, I don't think so. That I I would Taylor Rapp and ex newcomer rookie or free agent is way more likely to me than than Demar. But do you think Elam could shift to safety? That's a good question because cornerback does not seem to be for him in Sean McDermott's system. I don't know if he's physical enough to to like be an every down safety and coming up against the run. He, not that he's not a willing tackler at cornerback, but it's just it's different at safety. I don't know about that one. That's interesting because I mean, what else are they going to do with him? I mean, it, to me, it's the you know Aaron Williams situation all over again, right? Aaron Williams, remember how bad he was at DB playing playing corner, and then all of a sudden they move him to safety, and he was like an All Pro Pro Bowl safety. You know, he because he got hurt is the reason why Buffalo ended up with Hyde and Poyer. If he didn't get hurt, does do Hyde or Poyer even come to Buffalo? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I but both those guys are one bad hit away from their careers being over, too. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I just yeah, don't know. Yeah, let me jump in there. Uh, as a bad, bad of a transition is maybe their career is over as we can have here. Let's just very quickly talk about the Von Miller situation today. Von Miller during the bye week was down in Dallas, Texas, where he's from and where his girlfriend and the mother of his two children is living in their shared apartment. Um, According to police down there, they're telling us that they responded to a domestic incident at the apartment. Von Miller turned himself into police on Thursday. This Charlie, this sounds bad. All right. They're charging him with uh, assault of a pregnant person, which is a third-degree felony under Texas law. So it remains to be seen how this would play out. 
it could ended up being dropped. Um, Von Miller had a domestic incident in 2021 that no charges ever came from. Uh, but some of the details here are, are not are not good. He's accused of, according to the the warrant for his arrest, he's accused of grabbing his girlfriend around the neck with both hands, causing her pain but not difficulty breathing. He's accused of pushing her. He's accused of pulling her hair and taking out a chunk of hair. Um, she was investigated by the domestic violence unit of the Dallas Police Department. And they said that they found bruising around her neck consistent with pressure applied to the neck. So there's there's a lot still to be determined here. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to get ahead of ourselves predicting anything. Um, a lot could happen with the legal process. It's you know, it's possible Von Miller has played his last game in the NFL. It's possible this you know they they somehow resolve this amongst themselves and in the legal process to kind of plays out and bond is is back later this year i think the, the range of possibilities is pretty wide i think it's too soon to say i think there's a lot of people out there saying can they void his contract can they do this maybe it's good for the defense because he kind of isn't himself people are getting way too ahead of themselves i'm saying we're gonna throw this out here we're gonna just mention the facts and only the facts and we're gonna not speculate and we're just going to kind of leave it here until we learn more. Yeah, I mean, look, I think at the end of the day right now, you got to get all the facts. I think you go back to the Matt Ariza situation where all of us, I think, you know, you and me included in the situation, their neck kind of jumped. And, and look, and I'm not discrediting what this girl said to police or what happened, right? It's domestic violence. It's never the answer to anything. So I, I don't want to sound like I'm discrediting what happened, but the you know when you go back to the matterized situation we all jumped down his throat and said look that's it he's got to be cut got to cut him look at this this came out this disgusting cut the guy um do i have the same thought right now about von miller yes but i also need to wait and see what comes of it from the media from or from sorry from from the police report from the nfl right mm-hmm. look is Von Miller the first player in the NFL to domestically abuse his girlfriend or wife? No, there's two guys currently in the league right now that have done that and have not faced any kind of suspension or anything from the NFL. And those two guys that I'm talking about are Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill. Who are Tyreek celebrated. Hill, exactly. Tyreek Hill is a celebrated football player in this league, and it is absolutely and, and, and people think that I don't like him because he's a Miami Dolphin or because of the things that he's done to the Bills in the past. Absolutely not. I think the guy is a scumbag for the things that he's done in his past and the fact that he's still allowed to play in this league and face no, um, you know, no, what's the word I'm looking for? Repercussion. Thank you. It's uh, 945 at night we're, we're recording this, so my brain's not fully on, but no repercussions for his actions. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I, I mean, the NFL clearly only cares only cares about their players in the wrong time if that makes sense they only care about their players and how they can protect the nfl brand the nfl cares about itself and how they can protect the brand you know that means protecting and honoring players who domestically abuse or beat their wives or beat their children or whatever then that's what the nfl is going to do to protect their brand you know adrian peterson look what adrian peterson did you know Still played in the league, still decorated. I mean, I mean honestly, Adrian Peterson to me was a totally different realm of of infraction. To what? To what? 
I mean, you're talking about about he was disciplining his his children with, with more stick, force, right? Beating. I mean, we're getting we're getting down a slope here. Maybe maybe this. So is, I, anyway, anyway, what I'm trying to get at is, no matter what comes of this, I feel like nothing. The NFL is not going to suspend Von Miller, right? I just feel like it's not going to happen unless he ends up in jail. He's out on bond right now, so. Whatever, unless he ends up in jail, there's going to be nothing of this, or unless there's fi- there's charges actually filed, nothing that's going to come of this on him. Where the thing, where everything is tough for Buffalo, is he? There's, and I believe Nick, in his contract, if he is cut, or I'm sorry, if he is suspended by the league for you know personal conduct policy rules or whatever, if he's suspended by the league for that. Buffalo can void his contract and they get out of $17 million of cap space for next season. However, if Buffalo cuts him, even due to an arrest, they get nothing and they are on the hook for his fully guaranteed salary and still have to pay him. So you got to look at it more than one way as a franchise who do you want to pay a guy who isn't going to play for you or what are you going to do? I I, I don't know what the answer is going to be, but if everything that they've said right now is true uh, that came out today, then, yeah, I mean he's a scumbag and he should be kicked out of the league. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with. I mean, I think I think you're you're right on, on the financials here. But I'm gonna stick with. I'm gonna wait until we learn some more before I, I have an opinion about that. I will say, as uh, someone who was, you know, actively reporting on the Ariza situation when that happened, I was surprised then that the commissioner's exemplist did not come into play, and I am curious if that's. An avenue the NFL would, would take that to basically take this off of the Bills hands to not force any decision. You can let the legal process play out. He's basically on on paid leave, but it would give the team some leverage down the road if they wanted to look into a void. I don't know. There's gonna be lawyers either way. And I think we just need to wait and see how it plays out. But didn't want to get too far into the pod without addressing the biggest story of of the bye week. Yeah, man, it's a going to be a big deal. I mean, you know, I thought maybe the biggest story would be that Josh Allen gets engaged or something to Haley Steinfeld, but I guess you know Von Miller had to take some of the uh, the media away from Aaron Rodgers. So you think you think Josh Allen's going to get engaged before Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? Yes, absolutely. There's a although, hot take. That's although take. Taylor Swift just bought a mansion in Kansas City. I have not heard anything about uh, Haley Steinfeld buying a mansion in Buffalo. Wow. You just blew my mind with that take. Okay. Wow. You, wait, you, wait, hold on. You don't think so? We've been dating the whole like six months I mean, longer. I, don't, I mean, this seems like very Travis Kelsey would be like, I'm going to propose at the Super Bowl. Ha ha. Can you imagine he proposes and then they lose the Super Bowl? Although I don't think the NFL would let that happen. I don't know. The way officiating has been this year, and I'm going to talk about it later, but the way officiating has been this year, the NFL might be like, oh, nope, Taylor's supposed here. Let's find a way to mm-hmm. let Kansas City win. I hope she's not there next week. All right, well, listen, let's transition that way. Bills, when they come back from the bye, are at the Chiefs, possibly with Taylor Swift in, in attendance. Ugh. Uh, listen, the Bills need – they're 6-6. Six and six. They need to go – maybe we can get to our playoff outlook here. We can come back to it later, too. If they run the table, they have a hard schedule. If they were to run the table and finish and finish um, eleven and six, I would think they would be almost a lock to make the playoffs. Are they going to run the table? I don't think so. If they have one loss, ten and seven, 
they're teetering. And if they lose two out of these last out of these last handful here, then I'm thinking you got like maybe 15% chance, if that, probably less. So they have they have Chiefs, they have Cowboys coming up, they have Chargers remaining, they have Patriots, they have Dolphins. Charlie, it starts this week. I'm sorry, next week at the Chiefs. Taylor Swift in attendance. Is Josh, Josh Allen looks like he's back. What are you thinking about that game? Look, I think if the Bills offense plays the way that they did against Philadelphia, there's no way they lose to Kansas City. There's no way they lose to Dallas. There's no way they lose. Lose to Kansas City or Dallas, no. And I'll tell you what. Who's left? Those are the two hardest games. And there's no way they're listening to Miami if they win those two. Right? I think. And, and the Patriots? There's, dude, there's no way they lose to the Patriots at home. And the Chargers? They, I think that's, I mean, it's the Chargers. Really. Charlie, you I, just take the Bills to make the playoffs. I'm telling, I, and I've been saying that. I think I tweeted it out after, was it the New England loss? One of them. And I said the Bills will make the playoffs and they'd win the division. Now, I think the division might be far fetched. However, Miami does still have to play Baltimore, still has to play uh, Dallas, and still has to play Buffalo. The division is still technically in play, but Buffalo's got to win out in order to win the division. What gives you that much confidence? Josh Allen. Who is quote to quote himself fucking back? Yes, the fact that Josh Allen, you know, and, and look what he did last week. I mean, he did everything. He, he did was everything. On he, a heater. Last you week. mentioned it before. You were a James Cook drop touchdown away from probably winning that game. You were a missed fifty-nine yard field goal away from winning that football game. A block you know, kick away. Yeah, a block. You know, a remarkable touchdown pass and you know and catch on third and 15 away from winning that game, right? Just bat it down. Something, I don't know. You, I mean, a horse, you, know, you, you could you were a Gabe the, Davis. You were a Gabe Davis wrong route or Josh Allen wrong throw, whatever you want to call it. I, I'm not blaming either one of them, but you were a wrong route, wrong throw away from winning that football game, right? Now, don't get me wrong. The game should have never went to overtime. I think Sean McDermott made some boneheaded coaching mistakes down the, down the line. By the way, he's still not getting fired. No chance. Still, still on that bandwagon, right? Still still saying he's not getting fired. And so whether you think he deserves to or not, there's no chance Terry Pugula is firing him, period. Can, can, I, can I ask you real quick? I know it's off topic of what we're talking about, but 20 seconds left in the game, you have the ball, one timeout left. What are you doing in that situation? You've taken a knee. Do you have faith in your kicker who had one block Listen, and missed one? Yeah. If Are you – I mean, have you – number one, I know the NFL is not Madden. Have you ever played a game of Madden? Like you just – hey, you just try. B, you trust your offense. You put the ball in Josh Allen's hands. The guy had an incredible game. You trust him over everyone. Number, mm -hmm. like, whatever point I'm on, three, four, the NFL gives away pass interference like candy. You have one timeout left. You Not get some game. of the yards. Take a shot. Yeah, Try to get pass interference. We've seen, I mean, we've seen crazier stuff. And the very last thing I'll say is literally almost a year ago to the day, was Bills at Lions on Thanksgiving. Lions score late in the game, almost identical scenario. Touchback, about 20 seconds left, at least one timeout remaining. In that game, the Bills tried to do something. Josh Allen throws a bomb to Stephon Diggs, catches the ball, timeout, field goal, win the game in regulation. Sean McDermott, I uh, didn't really love the answer he gave about that. He said, well... Uh, their defensive line of the Eagles was was really good, and the Lions game was in a dome. 
So basically saying, you know, we wanted to avoid the worst case scenario, which is we have an interception or a fumble and the Eagles get the ball back. And guess what? The result would have been the same. You lose. Okay. Like all of, all of these like coaching baloney points that they always give out, like totally like ignore the, the reality that like the other side of the equation is you just lose anyway. And like, honestly, what on earth is the difference? If you lose in regulation or you lose in overtime, you still lost. Mm-hmm. It's just about the narrative and like maybe trying to not get yourself fired. I, I just don't know. But I, you have I, Josh I, I, Allen taking a knee with timeouts. Like, what are you? He's the guy my, you want. My, my thing, my honest thing was, I think it was more of a lack of faith in Tyler Bass than what it was with a lack of faith in Josh Allen. And and also, I mean, let's go even before I mean, that, I mean, right? Okay, let, let's, so, so, on, what? Let, so what? Let, let's go to the timeout that he took to ice the kicker. Yeah, that was dumb, too. You should have two timeouts left. Should have had two timeouts left, right? There was no reason to take that timeout. Was there any? Everyone. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, you you know, hold on. On On the timeout, do you remember what happened two games ago against Denver? They had twelve men on the field on the on the field goal. I think he was probably thinking, we definitely need to get buttoned up and make sure we only have eleven guys on the field. Right. Because you don't want to give another ten yards to throw a touchdown, right? You want to give another four or make the kick easier. Right. 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 It was a hard kick. It was a really nice nice job by their kicker. It, it, well, I mean, look, it, Jake Elliott, nice job. The fifty-nine yard field goal, right? It's going to go fifty-fifty at that point. It was just a, a, a great kick. Uh, but you can go back even further, man. Tyler Bass makes one of the two kicks. Different football game. The kid that got blocked was a short kick. Why was it so low? It, you know, I tried to explain this to my wife watching this game last week. I know, I know, we're talking about Kansas City. We'll get back onto Kansas City, but I this game had all the fields of a playoff game. To me, I don't know about you, but it felt like a playoff game because of how much was on the line mm-hmm, for Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the Bills are basically in playoff mode, but and it was too great. To, it was very entertaining football. It was just frustrating that the Bills had so many chances to pull away and then make it less entertaining, and they just decided to not do that. I mean, at one point, I think I texted you and your brother this, right? I mean, at one point, like the Bills have to stop losing this way, right? Like they find ways to win these games eventually, like. Mm-hmm. Is it is it going to come down to the Super Bowl in 2025? The Bills win in overtime, and it's like Josh Allen's first overtime win ever. <laughs> like, could you imagine? Like, that's the way that they that they win the football game. Like, what a fucking story that would be. Listen, but I, I don't know, man. I'm just I I, I was I was equally I, I was heartbroken. Like, I had to go outside after this game and just like calm down because I was I wasn't amped up angry. I was so like upset mm-hmm. in this football game. And mm-hmm. you know it was for nothing. It was for a regular season win for a win that the team needed for a win that your your quarterback who I think I can say speak for all of Bill's Mafia that Bill's Mafia just loves just not only him as the quarterback of our football team, but him as like Josh Allen the person, right? Like mm-hmm. just loves that man. And would do anything for him, similar to how this this fan base loved Jim Kelly and has done anything for Jim Kelly if and when you know he needed anything, right? It's that similar love for Josh Allen, and it's just like he deserves so much better. But at the same time, like I'm not mad at Sean McDermott. I'm not mad at Josh Allen, I'm not mad at McDermott. I'm I'm mad that guys can't execute on plays that need on a third and fifteen, Hail Mary downfield. How can't you just 
do something. And that's not on coaching. That's on execution on your old ass safeties. Hmm. You know, I, I, you know, a blocked field goal that Tyler Bass missing a field goal. That's not on coaching. That's on your kicker who at one point this season, Nick was a hundred percent kicker. And now he's down to 77%. He's not going anywhere. You can't cut Tyler Bass. You just signed him to an extension. But holy shit, man, you're coming into the snow and cold season in Buffalo. He better figure out how to fix his uh, his 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 kicking pretty damn quick. Side yeah. note, I have the Sabres game on. I did not know Mike Weber was an assistant coach for St. Louis. I officially hate St. Louis <laughs> because I hate Mike Weber. Okay, sorry, we can go back to the conversation. Charlie, do you recall the last time the Bills won an overtime game? No, because it... The first one I ever remember was no Music City Miracle wasn't overtime. I don't know. I don't I want to say like I was probably still in the womb. It hasn't been that long. You definitely remember the game. It was the Snowvertime game. Ah, the Snowvertime game, yes. That okay. was uh as as we all remember, Joe Webb replacing Nathan Peterman at quarterback. Uh okay, <laughs> but since that game. The Bills are 0-6 in overtime. Six losses in a row for Sean McDermott. Josh Allen has never won an overtime game. And, Charlie, I went through these this week. Just an incredible amount of pain in these overtime losses. Okay? Six in a row under McDermott. Houston, playoff loss, overtime. Mm-hmm. Incredible pain. Uh, Josh Allen in his game against Tom Brady, his icon with the Bucks. Bills, uh, huge second-half comeback, blow it in overtime. And by the way, that game should have never went to overtime because there was a missed pass interference call on Stefan Diggs that was never called. That Buffalo should have won that game. Next, next, next one that's going to cause me more pain, Nick. Please bring it on. I'm uh, ready to be hurt again. 13 seconds. Still, okay. Still not. Okay. I'm still not blaming Sean McTurn for that. Okay, next. Insane Vikings game. Like one of the dumbest losses in. I was at that game. I was at that game last year. That was another frustrating one. Josh Allen's driving downfield for a chance to win the game and throws a freaking interception. Okay, week one this year against the Jets, Riders gets hurt, four plays into the game, and they lose to Zach Wilson. Zach freaking Wilson. I can't believe they lost the game to Zach freaking Wilson. And then against the Eagles. How about the fact that the, the Eagles' only loss this year is against Zach Wilson? Crazy, right? Zach Wilson has beaten the Bills and the Eagles and sucks against everyone else. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Why can't he play that good against Miami? It would have been nice yeah, to Miami. Right? I mean, so you'd have to think this luck is like coming back around to the Bills at some point in the future. Maybe you've been saying it since nine since the nineties, Nick. At some point you're gonna go to four, you know, you're gonna go to a Super Bowl after going to two of them or three of them, and eventually you're gonna win run, right? Nope, you're gonna go to a fourth one, you're gonna lose even worse than he did the one before. They're the same team he lost the year before. It's just like is there something in the water up there? Like, I mean, lately. yeah, our water is like not that healthy. We, but I don't think we want to talk about that. But yeah, there, I'm sure there is. Charlie, what? Okay, let, let's just just stick to this year. Okay, there's six losses this year, and you're thinking back. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson, week one. All right, giving yep. up a drive to Mac Jones. The Jaguars loss. The Bengals game. I'm least mad about that one. Uh, too many men on the field against the Broncos. The Eagles. What is the dumbest loss of the season? 
I mean, you, you look, it's going to be the 12 seconds, I think, right? That is still your dumbest loss, or your 12, 12 men on the field, still the dumbest loss because you had 12 guys on the field with a, with really with the game one with the missed field goal, and you had 12 guys on the field to kick the field goal and win. Let me ask you this question, Nick. How many of those do you put on the defense? All right, I mean, I just listed off all six losses. In four of those games, the defense has allowed a tying or game-winning drive at the within the, the last two minutes of regulation. All right, and when it's when it's to the Eagles, you're like, you know what? Okay. When it's to Russell Wilson, who even though Denver is on winning streak, I think is still not that good. When it's to Mac Jones, when it's to Zach freaking Wilson, you're like, what in the world is happening here? Uh, can the defense make a stop? The Bills, if they if the Bills flip the if the Bills get a stop in half of those games, Charlie, mm-hmm. like like half of those games, if they stop Zach Wilson. And Mac Jones. Look, okay, be, they're eight and four. To be honest, Nick, to be fair, uh, to be fair, that Zach Wilson game, Jets game week one, that's a Josh Allen issue. Uh, it, yeah, he played terrible that game, but they kind of because of Josh Allen. Doesn't matter. Your quarterback shouldn't be coming out and throwing four interceptions. I mean, you're totally right. It was, yeah, three interceptions, I think five turnovers in the game. That's points off the board. You're missing few, you know, they're, yeah. they're taking out of field goal range, things like that. Fine. Four interceptions, Josh Allen. I put that on the offense. You talk about the New England game. How long did it take the Buffalo got in the end zone that game? What was, how many offense points did they score that game? Right? That was another game where the offense was slow to start, slow to do anything. And sure, yeah. Did the defense need one stop? Fine. The defense made stops the entire game. The offense were the ones who couldn't perform. You All right. Same thing with the Jags game. As a whole, the defense in those games was good. I'm talking about specifically in the last drive. Does it feel because it does feel this way to me? Does it feel to you that the Bills defense feels like a little extra passive? A lot, you know, very easily gives up the underneath stuff, lets the other team move down the field like way too easy for some reason. I feel like I feel like they are too worried about giving up the long touchdown over the top. They guard the end zone and give up underneath. But hasn't that been the Bills' defense forever? Like, even under Leslie Frazier, like it was the same thing. Uh, I got. I mean, yeah, but it's not Mac Jones doing it to you. Like they played fairly well that whole game. Why does it feel so easy the last two minutes of the game? I don't know. I, I, I really don't. I. It's just so, it's so frustrating because outside outside of last week, right? Even hell, you know, even last week, the Bills' offense was playing incredible, or Bills' defense was playing incredible. So there was their offense. Bills' defense was playing incredible for the entire first half. Sean McDermott changed up what he was doing in the second half, right? Don't get me wrong, the best offense in the league. And I'm sure the Eagles adjusted. Right. Best offense in the league, they'll find ways to adjust. Understandable, fine. At the end of the day, like, that's the one game that I think I can sit here out of all of their losses this season. That I would sit here and say that's a Sean McDermott loss. Because the offense did what they had to do. Defense was performing early. Defense was making big stops early on. Sure, were there times offense couldn't put up points? Sure. But the offense still went out and put up 30 plus points against the best team in the NFL right now. On a, on a I should say this best team in the NFL by wins. I still think in a hot take right now. I think if the Bills find a way to get in the playoffs, I think the Bills will be the scariest team in the playoffs. 
they would be on a huge winning streak if they make it there. And and with the way and if Josh Allen continues to play that he's playing, coming back from the bye week, it's going to be huge. And I I think no matter what happens, um, I just I, I'm not I'm I don't know, man. I don't know even know what I want to say because I'm just so frustrated with the season. This, All right, listen. Well, let me let's do this while you're frustrated, Charlie. I will give you sixty seconds to complain about the officials. You have the floor. So wait, before I start, do you want six for officials from this last game or officials all season? The floor is yours, my friend. Okay. Well, let's, I'm going to just strictly talk about the uh, Eagles game because Jason Kelsey brought it up this week about how he wants to have Jordan Phillips suspended for um, running through a guy during the Eagles attempt to tush push. Look, at the end of the day, Jason Kelsey – Caused a false start on that on that call that was never never called. And I don't know if you've seen the video. I will do my best to retweet mm-hmm. it. But mm-hmm. Jason Kelsey jumps. That's where Jordan Phillips is looking. He sees the jump, jumps the line. Should have been a false start. Was never called. Also a false start missed on the fourth and one that um, Philadelphia scored on in the end zone. Got a touchdown on. False start again on Jason Kelsey. Um, let's talk about the missed pass interference. Let's talk about the horse collar that was never called that somehow ended up being a penalty on Buffalo for um, uh, for intentional grounding. At the end of the day, the inconsistencies in the NFL with officiating is absolutely embarrassing, and they need to do something about it, whether there's a way to hold the officials um, responsible for these or accountable for their, for their missed calls. Something has to happen in this league, and I'm so tired of these doctors and lawyers and whatever the hell they do for, for their real jobs coming in on their private planes on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday, you know, Sunday morning to come ref these football games. I think at the end of the day, the NFL needs to allow these officials to come in and have conversations with the media and say, here's what I saw here. Here's why I didn't make that call there. I'm tired of Dean Blandino and this guy and Gene Steratore and this bonehead here telling me that this is why it's not a call. This is what I would call. And I'm also tired of calls all of a sudden coming from, New York. Oh, nope. That's a that's intentional grounding. Or, nope. Yep. There. That's this. Yep. I got this call from New York, and that's what they said. But then all of a sudden, in big plays where there's a horse collar on your quarterback being pulled to the ground or a missed pass interference, where's the calls from New York then? The the NFL needs to do something about the officials. Needs to find ways to hold them responsible. Needs to find ways to penalize them because you know what? If this was a player or a coach or something like that, and they did something wrong, these players and coaches can't voice their opinions on officials. So how are the officials held responsible if a coach or a player cannot even state how they feel about how piss poor officiating has been? And it's not just that Philly game. My, I, I laughed at Miami fans for complaining about the officials against Philadelphia, but you know what? I, I apologize to them because they were damn right. That was some of the worst officiated football I've ever seen in my life. I have been, um, as, a, you know, as a journalist and as someone on Twitter who uh, hopes to not get dunked on, I really go out of my way to avoid commenting about officiating. Um, and that has been getting harder and harder this season. Not, not not even just Bill's games. Any game you watch, like games are being decided um, by by some of these calls. Do you feel like this past game was decided? Not, And I don't want to say fully decided, but I think there is big missed calls in this game that cost Buffalo points and cost them the game. 
Yeah, I mean, you pointed to, you talked about the horse collar, which, by the way, if you haven't seen his story, some guy did a, a huge snow sculpture of Josh Allen being horse collar tackled. Uh, that was hilarious. I've not seen um, that. Uh, okay, so they, they ended up calling him for uh, for intentional grounding. And number one, Gabe Davis is like kind of right there. Number two, I mean, even, even if you called both penalties, the play just washes out and you do it over. You get the ball back on the three instead of, you know, trying to score a third and goal from really far back. The Bills got no points in that drive. And then they got the turnover right after and they got points in that drive. It shouldn't have come to that. Like these mm-hmm. are these are taking points off the board. And or you're giving teams enough chances, you know, even if it's not giving the like literally putting points to the board, you are giving other teams enough chances. You know, weak penalties on third down extends the drive. Like, do you know how hard it is to like really get off the field? on defense against a good offense. If you give these teams enough chance after chance, like they're going to take advantage. You can't, you can't do this forever. Okay. You can't keep stopping them. Um, Consistency is huge. I know you have very competitive, very athletic people looking for any edge they can get. They're going to push the limit. It's going to be close. Uh, But just no consistency is what's very frustrating. So like as an example, um the pass interference call on the bills was it i want to say it was in the denver game late in the game Mm -hmm. there was there was a very key pass interference and i'm thinking like man that's a soft call but that they call that all the time like like i wasn't that mad about it i'm like yeah it looks soft like that's how they call it and you know like okay he didn't turn back he turned the guy a little bit like they're gonna call that and that's where you can respect it because you can say I know that that's a thing every time when you have two games on, you know, national televised games, two different days. And, you know, you got one official saying, Oh, well, they're very lenient on intentional grounding. And then, you know, the next day they're not, it's like, what are we watching here? Is this the same rule book? Um, I don't know if you saw the Monday night game, John Elway was on there and kind of just being like, you know, somebody said, Oh, they're, they're very lenient this season on the intentional grounding. And he goes, are they? I just had to laugh. I said, thank you. You are correct, John. Well, l- l- let's be honest here, too, Nick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did I say John Elway, Troy Aikman? Oh, Troy. Yes. Yes. I did watch that. I thought I thought John Elway was on, like, the Manning cast or something. I missed it. Um, But, I mean, look, let's be honest here, too. It's it's not just inconsistent game to game. You know, it's incon- with, with the same officiating crews. It's literally inconsistent official to official. And I know there's no way to regulate it, right? The NHL has the same issue. The Major League Baseball has the same issue. However, I believe they're going to robot robot ups this year. Correct. Uh, the they League tried baseball? that in the minor leagues and even in Buffalo. That was a thing for, for like some games. I don't think that's ready to come all the way in yet. I mean, I it, that's coming. I mean, at some point, do you just have an official in New York that says, hey, you missed this call. This is probably throw the flag. Right. And I'm not saying you need to call everything because if you want to call every little ticky tack hold, you know, it's going to be a long football game. There's going to be a lot of laundry on the field. And I don't think any of us want that. But you go back to the fact that Philadelphia had one penalty until the fourth quarter. I think they got more penalties in overtime than they got the entire game. That is sounds true. I mean, how the hell explain to me how one team gets. 10 i think buffalo had 11 penalties four i mean and i think okay, buffalo uh, 
I think uh, Buffalo committed all of whenever all I, of I, I will say just just as a general comment, not about this Bills game. Anytime I, I hear that and people are like, well, we did 11 penalties and they did four. I'm like, yeah, that sounds pretty possible to me that one team did more penalties than the other team. Like like that that in when you say it out loud like that, it never right. feels wrong. I'm like, but um, I mean, it's. But when you watch that, when yeah. you watch that game last week, eleven penalties to four, mm-hmm. and it's also like the type off. of penalty. Okay, third right. down when it's when it's a basically incatchable pass, and you're you're giving teams fifteen yards and a first down, and you're basically bailing them out, makes a huge difference from a guy who is, you know, going to get a first down already, and then they call holding, and the guy gets ten extra yards or seven extra yards. You know, if it's mm-hmm. in front of the spot. I mean, I mean. The the way that they change games on some of these calls is kind of hard to take. The the missed hold on or pass interference on a Stefan Diggs pass that I think we've all seen where he just he literally gets one hand on the ball as his other arm is being held, then there's no flag. The pass interference that was missed on the trench trench shearfield pass, no pass interference. The horse collar. I mean, those are all personal foul penalties, 15 yards new set of down penalties, right? Or spot foul, foul penalties. I believe the Shearfield one came on third down. That's keeping a drive alive, right? That's possible points that come on the board there. The Stefan Diggs penalty, their missed penalty came on third down. That's possible points, right? You had the horse collar that turned into an intentional grounding, which was ended up being a loss of down, right? It, there's just, to me, again, and I'm not one to blame the officials, right? But this is a, a game as well where you can sit down and say, Man, the officials make one of those calls. Maybe Buffalo's getting seven or at least three out of that drive at that point, and it's a different football game. And you're looking at Philadelphia needing to march down the field to score a touchdown, not needing a field goal from 59 yards to win the football game. All right, this has been way longer than 60 seconds, but I think it was a good discussion. Any last word before we close on officials? How do I become an NFL official so I can fix the game for the Buffalo Bills? You can't because you're dumb and slow. No, okay. Uh, you can't. Uh, <laughs> it, you have to work your way up the ranks. You have to do college. Then you have to move up. Um, a lot of these guys, which, I mean, an issue that I don't think enough people talk about or even realize, these are part-time officials who a lot of them um, have, you know, their lawyers on on their real job or they work for, you know, defense contractors or the Department of Defense, and they – you know, they basically make more money in their in their practice. And this is like what they do on the side. And, and people, uh, pro football talk especially, likes to say that it's a very extensive rule book. You need these people who are this upper echelon, people who can understand all the rules and know all the situations. And you would lose a lot of them if you made them be only full time because because they make too much money in their real job, quote unquote, to uh, to do. And I'm sitting here thinking, so what? This is the NFL. People, even if it makes a little bit less money, like people want to be associated with the NFL. They will do this, and also you will you you will get more people. You will get better people if you make this a full time thing. And I can't believe a league this lucrative with so much on the line, so much to lose, hasn't done that yet i mean full-time officials is, yeah. is something obvious to me i mean look at a guy like gene i believe the nhl has full-time officials correct honestly i don't know the answer but i th- would think yes because the season is so long right and major league baseball's got full-time umpires 
right? The NFL and college football are really the only ones with part-time and whatever. But you look at a guy like Gene Steratore. Gene Steratore was also coaching um, – was also was also uh, roughing NCAA basketball. Uh, that sounds – that rings a bell. So it's like, what the what the heck, man? Like, just – I don't know. I, I think full-time officials – I'm with you, right? Full-time officials, officials – could really make a huge difference in this league, and mm-hmm. I think you and have also, way the more. The NFL has the money to pay them more. Well, I know I it's collectively it's... bargained. The union is different from the. I, you know, I get it. I get it. But the NFL has to stop acting like it's helpless here. Well, and you can hold them more responsible when they're your employees. Yeah, and guess what? Like it can be a full time job. You don't just show up on Sunday. You are working and practicing all week. You learn the rule book, you learn the thing, you learn all this stuff, and you just go over situations and situations, and you see videos, and you talk to players. Hey, this right here, when you yank it like this, this is going to be a penalty. When you do that, no, that's wrong. Okay, when you're on the front of the jersey, that's allowed. And when the quarterback's outside of the pocket and he's a runner, then horse collar's back in the thing, and you have to look for him having her on the back. And by the way, they have Sky Judge. Why is the Sky Judge not like coming in more often? Why do we not hear him on the broadcast? These are elements that would add to the viewership and the trust in your league. Well, that's what I was trying to say. Like, you hear the Sky Judge coming at the weirdest times, right? Go back to the Houston yes, game. Weird right? times. All of a sudden, there's Sky Judge who makes a call on a call that was in my opinion still the wrong call, right? Buffalo scored a touchdown on, in that Houston game in the playoffs, and that was a game changer. Right? A miss, a huge miss call like that changed that football game. I just wanted, I just want more consistency, consistency in the league. Whatever that takes, if that is full time officials, great. If it takes having a, um, having a guy like you know Gene Steratore work with all your officials every single week, great. Whether you have to have Zoom calls and they have to schedule into their time in between, you know, being doctors and lawyers. Great. I don't care. Just get me more consistent officiating. All right, Charlie, any last thoughts? I want to talk about playoffs. I want to talk about who to root for on the bye week. No, let's talk about playoffs. That's something exciting. All right. Listen, I am telling you, I'm on a New York times thing here. And we said, if the bills lose one game, we give it about 50, 50. I have it in here. If the Bills were to lose at the Chiefs and drop to six and seven, and then went out and go ten and seven, that and a New York Times projection gives them an even fifty percent to make the playoffs. So even even if they lose at the Chiefs, they're still not out of it. Okay, I and I I I think they need to win out, in my opinion, but that's just me. I mean, listen, if, if they were to lose one, definitely lose the NFC game at the Cowboys. That's the one that is. Isn't the Cowboys at home? Uh, I believe that is correct. Can you imagine if the Titans beat the Dolphins this week? Uh, well, the Titans don't play the Dolphins this week. Uh, oh, Commanders. I'm sorry. The Commanders. That's right. The Titans Man, I would be really surprised. No, uh, that is one of the biggest leverage games. So this is this is the the most important games this week. Let's just read them off. Commanders are hosting the Dolphins. That would be a huge bump for the Bills if the Commanders win that game. You got two yes. other. You got two, uh, three. The next three. Okay, there, there's some big games this week. Titans host the Colts. Okay, the Colts, who we all think stink 
are six and five and currently in the last AFC playoff spot. If the Colts lose that game to the Titans, that would be huge. What's the Titans' current record? They stink, dude. Tennessee four and seven. Okay, that's fine. As long as they weren't sitting there with six ones as well, I didn't. No, no, no. All right, another one: Cardinals at Steelers. You're probably thinking, "Hey, the Steelers kind of stink. They're seven and four. Mike Tomlin and the defense are like dragging Kenny Pickett into the playoffs right now. If Arizona, um, listen, if you are a quarterback and you want to." Maybe make a case why you should be on the team next year and not uh, not be a, a top draft pick, not get replaced. Beating the playoff Steelers, that's a pretty good win for Arizona on the road at Pittsburgh. That would be huge. You also have AFC NFC crossover, Browns at the Rams. The Browns, you're thinking they lost Nick Chubb. They lost Deshaun Watson. They're still seven and four. Another, They're starting Joe Flacco. Another great defense, uh, being care like carrying along an offense. The Rams, uh, Stafford's healthy again. They have some dudes. They're five and six. They're half a game out of the NFC wild card right now. They are still going for it. That would be a big win. Anytime. Nick, what, what have I told you? The chances of us having. Joe Flacco in the playoffs is greater than us having Josh Allen in the playoffs in 2023. Oh man. Like, like first, if I told you that at the beginning of the year, like what would your reaction be? Man, I literally remember the first game after the Bills drafted Josh Allen. They opened at the Ravens. Josh Allen was on the bench and Lamar Jackson was on the bench. And it was Joe Flacco against like Nathan Peterman. Oh, yep. And I'm sitting there thinking we are someday going to tell our grandkids, and they're like, what was Josh Allen's first game like? I'm going to say, it was stupid as hell because we had to watch these people who can't play quarterback try to play quarterback while these like future uh, pro bowlers are sitting on the bench. And, man, betting sports betting was not legal at that point. But like you just knew Nathan Peterman was so not an NFL quarterback. Like I would have put thousands of dollars. On, and the Ravens won like 48 to 3 or something insane. Stupid. Right? Um, terrible, terrible, terrible. I, I, game. I remember that game very much so as well. And also, like, like these are the teams that are ahead of the Bills. And it's like, can you imagine Josh Allen missing the playoffs and these slappy teams getting like they're they're gonna drop games somewhere? The Bills just gotta start stringing some wins together. They can still do it. It looks like it's a long shot. They can still do it. Josh Allen was. I'm watching last game and Josh Allen is doing stuff. And I'm just like, how do you stop that? He, like, there's no way to stop that. He's throwing ropes. He's running. Josh Allen looked like himself as a runner again. Like he's going to, you know, grab life by the horns a little bit and just, just go and not really care if he's going to get yelled at, or maybe he's not. Cause that guy got fired. Um, he's, he looked amazing. Okay. Like I have confidence in that. I still don't. Well, actually Charlie Gabe Davis, like made an impact. Holy cow. How about that? My fantasy team was happy with that. Yeah. Uh, still digs. Two games with Joe Brady. Not a lot of digs. I'm not sure what to make of that yet. Still love digs. But Dropping man, when, footballs, man. Yeah. Listen, when Josh Allen is on, uh, they, they have taken uh, – they have removed the cartridge. They have blown on it and stuck it back in, and it's working. Josh Allen is back. When Josh Allen's back, you have a chance in every football game no matter what. So get, give me give, what's our next game, Nick? That we need to 
that well, is Houston, the game that I'm intrigued. I don't are they playing this week or are they on a bye? Uh, I want to say that they're on a bye. I read somewhere, and I forgot whose Twitter it was, and I, I wish I would have known so I can give them a, a, you know the credit, but someone said that they did a whole breakdown, to, like someone from like Buffalo Fanatics or one of those websites, and they said they did a whole breakdown of the um, of the schedule coming up and what Buffalo needs right to be successful or to make the playoffs. And apparently all of Buffalo's like playoff hopes ride on Houston. That's interesting. Like, yeah, I and I and I should have read the article. I don't think the article was out at the time when they. Played oh, you know, what? I'm sorry, I'm wrong. The Texans do play this week, but they play the Broncos, who are also like kind of back, and they they're both six and five. So one of them is going to win, and one's going to lose, and it basically just whichever team, one of them is going to game gain a game on each other. And the Broncos have a game on Buffalo. That is, uh, that's a good point. So maybe you want Houston to win. I mean, I listen personally. I don't trust Denver at all. Um, well, look here's so look, I, I think they got, would blow it later. Denver has Houston. Then they're at the Chargers, at the Lions, home versus the Patriots, Chargers at home, then at the Raiders. That's easy. You think? You think two games? You think the Broncos could be the Chargers twice? I mean, those are the two hardest games you mentioned. The Lions? All right. The Lions is the hardest. That's an NFC game, though. And the way the Raiders are playing, man, I don't know if they can beat the Raiders right now. The Raiders are playing I mean, good I don't trust Denver to beat anybody, but they're on a huge winning streak. So what do you want me to say? Can't, can't everyone just lose? Can't everyone just lose except Buffalo? All right. Listen, okay. Houston, Denver should tie. Is that better? Can every okay? Th- th- there you go. I want every game except the game the Bills are playing in to tie, so that the Bills can win and make the playoffs. Is that asking too much? I mean, I just can't believe like the Colts and the Steelers and the Browns are currently occupying playoff spots. I can't believe Nick that we're talking about the fact that Buffalo has to be in the hunt. Yeah, with Josh Allen as your freaking quarterback. You know, okay. One, uh, let's talk about this real quick. Is I I am definitely blaming the defense for not making a stop in some of those games. Is there any weird way that we we need to look at this and say the offense needs to almost be Tom Brady like in its ability to leave no time on the clock? Like, do they need to go even like forget just scoring to take the lead? They need to like measure how they score late in the game. See, the issue in those games that we're, that you're talking about, right, that you don't want to, you know, that you're going to blame the defense, it's the fact that, like, when the offense scored, it was like the offense needs to just score. At, you know, they were struggling to score points, just get in the end zone and, you know, get in the end zone with a chance to win the football game. That's how it was to me in those games. I didn't care when they scored. You just had to find a way to score. Yes, ideally, would you like to see your team take, you know, another an extra minute to get in the end zone? Sure. But at the end of the day, if you're struggling to score touchdowns or struggling to get points like they did against Jacksonville, like they did against, you know, New England and the Jets and all those teams, I don't care when you score, just score. Um in a game like last week against Philadelphia, then yeah, then that's a game where you say, look, run the clock down as low as you can. 
I would have loved to see Buffalo somehow put together a 10 minute drive in that game in overtime, put together a 10 minute drive, get down to the one yard line and kick a field goal, win the game. Ideally that's, that's what would have happened. Um, but yeah, you, you got to find ways to, to be very Tom Brady esque in that situation. Just a thought, just throwing it out there. Feels like they, they, you know, they're still trusting their defense, which is decimated. And maybe it's like you should just trust the offense. How much of that do you think that was on the head coach, a being lot. the defense coordinator? You think so? Yeah, he's going to trust his defense to a fault, just like Rex Ryan did. And if Sean McDermott's just better than Rex Ryan. So let me ask you this then: um, Buffalo doesn't make the playoffs this year. Does your thought on McDermott change? No, I, I think whatever you think he deserves to be, not deserved to be, uh, Terry, I do not think Terry Pagula is going to fire him. And I also would say, like, this man has won the division how many years in a row? Like, are people not entitled to, like, one mulligan? Like, just one? Maybe? Like, that? that's a – I don't know. Sean has done very well for himself here. He's a good leader of men. He's just a guy who sometimes – makes the right call at the end of the game. Someone and, brought up Frank Reich's idea in Buffalo. Fire. The, the, I don't know if you heard the guy in GR this week. He was making his rounds on Twitter. Called in. He said, demote Von Miller, defensive coordinator, which sounds Von like Miller? Got the team anymore. Yeah. So hold on. His thought was this. Demote Von Miller to defensive coordinator. Fire Sean McDermott and hire Frank Reich as the head coach. This man, like, know how this works at all <laughs> i mean he was calling into the radio so no i mean listen if you wanted to like demote someone i think your way to do that would be like quote unquote promote sean mcdermott out of that to some higher job that just doesn't have any real responsibilities and then like hire technically underneath but not really like that would be the way to do it uh but listen i He's, they're not. They're not. They're not moving on from Sean McDermott after this year. Like that's just not in the Terry Pagula playbook right now. Do you think? So, 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 two questions. One, if they fired Dorsey sooner, are they in a playoff spot at this point of the season? And two, is Ken Dorsey the scapegoat for Sean McDermott? Um, probably. Yeah. First one, probably yes, because if they win, if they've had a ridiculous amount of stupid things happen and they keep being vulnerable, like if they, any of those games goes the other way, they are currently in a playoff spot. Is he a scapegoat for Sean McDermott? I mean, Sean McDermott's not going to fire himself. Um, I mean, the offense was also like not working very well this year. So. Um, I don't scapegoat is a weird word to me. I mean, we've been saying Ken Dorsey was on the hot seat all year. We said Joe Brady was, you know, the next OC maybe as soon as this year, like the day they hired him. So that one, I think we've seen coming a little bit. Um, I am watching interesting with, with interest. What happens with the giants, Brian Dable coming off being coach of the year is things are not going well over there. I know like Tommy DeVito is like a thing. He's not the answer, okay? Um, interested to see what happens there. 
And you also like still have Leslie Frazier out there, like just out in the ether. So um, I don't know. I, I had, you know, I was going through my head this morning. I'm like, you know, Nick, okay. You don't think they're going to fire McDermott. Like what if they did? And I was like, can you imagine a Brian Dable, Leslie Frazier reunion together just without Sean McDermott? If they fired, I don't think they'd fire Brian Dable. I don't think there's any way they fire him. No, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I was just, just you know, f- I was in hypothetical. So, so wait, would I, was you, just... I think there's absolutely a way that that happens because I think Josh Allen goes on a limb and says, look, I want Dable back here as my OC. But, I mean, for as good as Brady's done, has Brady not earned that right to be um, – not earn that right to be your offensive coordinator. I think, look, it's been two games. I get it. I mean, I think he would be. I mean, listen, this is a totally pretend scenario. So, like, number one, I don't know. But in this scenario, Dable was the head coach and Leslie Frazier came back as the DC. And I know he wants to be a head coach, but in this, again, made-up scenario, Sean McDermott not being there gave him enough leverage to do that. I don't know. I don't, I'm totally I don't think Frazier's, I don't think Frazier's coming back to coach anywhere. I think he's done. What From I think he, comments, totally, he totally wants to be a head coach. But did you hear? Did you hear him on the pot? I mean, look, I think he would he actually really be good in Carolina. Did oh, you they, hear what he said though on he, on the podcast he was on or something last mm-hmm. week or two weeks ago? No. So I mean, Leslie Fisher kind of broke down everything that happened in Buffalo. I mean, as much as everyone wants to say that. He left because of Sean McDermott. I did not get that at all from Leslie Frazier. I think what I took away from from his comments was that he, you know, he was getting older, and he wanted to take a year away to really spend time with his family. He's still not fired. You know, he's just not getting paid by Buffalo right now. What's stopping him from saying, "Hey, I'm coming back next season," right? Come coming back to Buffalo next season. Sean Buffalo never officially fired him. He's just on a leave of absence from the team. Yeah, and Sean McDermott's gonna say, "Sorry, your job was filled by me." <laughs> Do you think? And I know we have a couple more things to get to, and I don't want to hound on this because we have the whole entire offseason too. But do you think that Sean McDermott hires an OC, or I'm sorry, hires a defensive coordinator this season with the issues that have kind of come up this year with him trying to manage too much? That is a great question. I'm leaning toward no. I think he likes this. I mean, he can still call plays. I have nothing with him. Call nothing against him calling plays, but you need. Yeah, to that, that's fair. That's fair. Manage that uh, DC. Position. That yeah. is fair. Um, you could fill that, especially if it's someone you like who you want to maybe have a chance at a better job down the future, just to have the title. Um, that's a good call. I mean, I, I think Sean McDermott likes calling the plays, so that's uh, to answer your other question that you didn't even ask: Is Joe Brady the full time OC? We got five games left to figure it out. So far, it's been so good, but mm-hmm. we're going to see. Uh, right now, he has my full confidence. We'll see. I mean, and, and my other thing, too, is many, as much as people want to sit down and say that McDermott was the one who put the training wheels, or or my favorite term that I heard over the year or over the season was neutered Josh Allen. Yep. Um, to me, it doesn't seem that way. It seems like Ken Dorsey was the one that was neutering Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, it's been two games, but I mean, maybe by he's firing running. Ken, Sean McDermott realized he's got to loosen the leash a little bit. He's running, and, and, and you know, something we didn't see with Ken Dorsey was uh, designed runs for Sean McDermott. 
for Josh. I'm sorry Allen, for yeah. for Josh Allen. I mean, maybe maybe Sean McDermott's designing a run for himself to run out of town, and he gets, if he gets fired, I don't know. Charlie, you are pushing it here. All right, this, <laughs> that's everything I got on my list. What else you got? I want to get to before we wrap here. Uh, saber season, man. We don't want to talk. Don't want to hound on it, but so many the, the saber season is going the exact same way as the Bill season. Uh, maybe worse. I mean, listen, Devin Levi is now back in Rochester. I'm not EPA. mad about it. UP, I mean, you would have liked him to just take the job and run with it. I mean, right now the Sabres got 43 shots and only four goals, and they've given up six on 20 shots. Four goals on 40 sounds not horrible. Uh, no, but when you give up six goals on 20 shots, that's horrible. Yeah, that's really bad. Um, no, what I mean by that is, at you know, when coming into this game tonight, they were sitting three points out of a wild card spot. Which is crazy. Like they have been so not good this year. Like they're just very middling average. And it's like, how did they not just luck into a playoff spot one of these years? They need to do something. I feel like they're missing some stuff bottom six wise, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, listen me- quickly, Pat Kane, uh, speaking of bo- bottom six, like I was not that sad that he went to Detroit instead of Buffalo. But I mean, the question with Pat Kane is, is his drop off due to the hip injury and is he, healed from that or is he just drop off because he's old and he doesn't have it anymore so that was my thought right if his drop off isn't from the hip you know if if he looks good right my thought was if i'm buffalo i'm taking a chance on him strictly for bottom six he can come in be a bottom six scorer that's where you need your help let him be in that bottom six and Uh if he gets better work him up you got a guy like like benson who can really learn from a guy like pat king to me better is like the key word here like he's always been a good finisher he has skill with finishing it's that he's been disinterested in playing defense like how do you how do you reconvince someone to do that outside of being like hey you're literally about to win the stanley cup so you better do this he fits in just fine on this entire team because the entire Sabres team is disinterested in playing defense right now well then that's the last thing they need then they need a veteran yeah. guy who can play 200 feet I, I honestly, my big thing with them right now is the fact that they try to play Akpozo and Gergesons too much, and they are a huge part of the problem. Yeah, I was really surprised they brought Gergesons back, man. I was shocked Akpozo didn't retire. I was shocked they decided to bring him. I mean, look, I know he's your captain, but he is a major, major liability out there on the ice. Yeah. I, I've tried to explain to my wife, you know, I'm like, you know, it's crazy. I think I said this last podcast too, but I'll say it again. It's crazy as we are with Buffalo football. Buffalo hockey is just a completely different atmosphere. And when the Sabres are good, like it is such a it's fun a city to be in when the Sabres are good. That's not cute. I'll say this every single podcast if I have to. The meme with, with where he goes, you know, cutting it off, you know, giving, uh-huh. giving the check outside. <laughs> Dad, what was partying the plaza like? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yep. Oh, can't talk about it. One day. One day we'll be able to talk about it. And I think partying the plaza with 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 this team will just be completely different. I don't know, man. I'm looking forward to the day that the Sabres team is good. Mm-hmm. It's got to be coming, right? They got the pieces. You just got to be able to put things together. They just can't put anything together all of a sudden. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they um, just keep extending the NHL's record playoff drought. The Sabres are like the NFL officials. They're just too inconsistent. On that note, Nick, you want to give a shout-out to our sponsors? Hey, man, Ethos Performance Rehab. Uh, they just had a sale on Black Friday, on Cyber Monday, rather. Um, listen, people are buying this gift for loved ones because it helps, because it works, because they see results, because they see someone who, every time they come over to their house, complains that X, Y, and Z thing hurts, and then they go to Ethos, and, and it starts to get better. And they work on it and they identify it and they teach you about it and you work on it little by little. And you wouldn't think like committing to this exercise that doesn't seem to maybe like make a drastic difference the first time you ever do it. But over time, that gets better. Your pain gets better. It goes away. And that could be anything from my wrists, my fingers, my thumbs hurt because I'm on the computer all that what's going on to my back hurts from sitting to my you know, I'm a Olympic lifter and my shoulder keeps clicking and it hurts and I don't want to do it anymore. I'm a cyclist and, you know, all that kind of stuff. They they understand the body at Ethos. Tell Dr. Matt, tell Dr. Zach that the process sent you. Dr. Matt is incredible. Um, you know, I know I've said him on this podcast, but whenever I get injured, or hurt, you know, up here or down here from you guys down here in Georgia. Dr. Matt is very quick to answer the phone, help me out, help give me some ideas to get myself back uh, on the ice, back out on the kickball field. How's everyone doing, Charlie? It's much better now. Much better now. Uh, We're currently in the offseason for kickball, so not putting any strain on it. But Dr. Matt's very quick to get me back up and moving and ready to go. Uh, even with my wife who has some, who has some back issues, uh, he has been really great on giving us some great stretches, great ideas, and has, has gotten her feeling much, much better as well. Um, so if you haven't give Dr. Matt, Dr. Zach, a call at ethos today and let them know that Nick and Charlie from the process podcast sent you. Nick, anything else before we sign off? Before... Tell them the magic words, Charlie. <laughs> If you want to follow Nick Veronica on Twitter, uh, look up Nick on Twitter at by or no, you are at Nick Veronica on Twitter. See, look, I already messed up. Follow Nick Veronica on Twitter at Nick Veronica on Facebook at by Nick Veronica or on threads at Nick Veronica. There we go. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at childwit68. Follow the process podcast on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Uh, remember to like, subscribe five stars, all that good stuff wherever you listen to your podcast. Most importantly, folks, remember to always trust 